0: This uh, certain minister, and uh, he was arguing the inerrancy of Scripture with a layman. And this layman said, so do you really believe that whole story about Jonah and the big fish? And the minister says, yeah, I do. And you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him all about it. The layman said, well, what if he's not in heaven? And the minister thought for a minute and said, well, then you can ask him. (laughs) Ouch. By the way, you might want to check uh, the news sources here about uh, that lobster diver, Mike Packard, spit out of the mouth of a a whale. So that's kind of an interesting timing that that has been revealed here while we're doing this series. But we're in week three of a four-week sermon series on the book of Jonah. And I got to tell you, the book of Jonah is my favorite Old Testament book. And I think it's because it tells the real story of my life imagine many of your lives as well god's got great plans calls me to do something and I kind of run from those plans for one reason or another and if i'm honest doesn't usually work out so good for me and then god gets my attention and nudges me again and again until i follow his lead so that he can accomplish his perfect plans his perfect will Two weeks ago, Pastor Zardi was in here, and he talked about God's will, and then he he wondered why we fight against it. And so we used this story of Jonah, and he's told, I want you to go to Nineveh, and he said, no thank you, Lord, I don't like those people. And so the question for you is, who are the Ninevites in your life? Who are the people that repulse you? Who are the people that you'd be just fine if they never were saved? Then last week, Pastor Zardi again gave the message, and and what happens when we ignore God's will was his message. What's the price we're going to pay? So Jonah, he got thrown overboard, doomed to just drown, and yet you know what? God still loved Jonah. Flaws and all, he loved Jonah. And what he did is he sent a lifeboat. Well, not so much a lifeboat, but he ended up in the belly of a fish, and then, I just love saying it, he got vomited up onto the shore doesn't sound so good, but the reality is God gave him another chance to get in alignment with him. And so today we're going to look at what happens when we do get in alignment with the Lord. And so by looking at the story of Jonah's life, we can learn what happens when we live within God's will and the blessings he's going to bring into our life, but also into the lives of others when we do. But I want to ask you a question. I I asked this in some other settings in that, but But have you ever gotten in your car and you got a GPS system and you say, I want to go to point A. got to tell you, that GPS system knows the perfect way, more knowledge than we could ever have. It knows where the detours and the construction, it knows the speed limits, it knows the traffic jams, it knows the dangers. And it says, okay, turn right at this light. And what do we do? no way, I don't want to drive through that neighborhood, or no way, i got a better direction to go. So instead of turning right, we turn left. And if we're honest, it sure doesn't work out very good usually. But what I want to remind you is that GPS system never, ever gives up on you. It recalibrates and recalibrates and recalibrates so that you will end up at point A. Jonah made a wrong turn. God says turn to the right, he turned to the left, and yet God kept recalibrating to get him back on the line, back on track. So we're in chapter 3, let's do kind of a quick overview. So God nudged, so to speak, Jonah and got him back on track, and we see that in Jonah 3.3, 3, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. So he's got this second chance to go and fulfill God's will. And it's a reminder to us that God is a forgiving God. He's a God that gives us second chances to get in alignment with him. But you know, it'd be interesting to think about the fact that that we could avoid the heartache and the pain if we just followed God's will in the first place. Now we also need to acknowledge that those people that lived in Nineveh were wicked people. But in spite of that, God loved them, and he sent Jonah so that they could repent and be saved. And so we see that Jonah told the people of Nineveh that they're going to be destroyed if they don't repent. Wow, what a message to have to send into a town. We know that because we see in verse 4 that Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh is going to be overthrown. Could you imagine having to take that message into a a town, telling them, you're all awful people, and if you don't change your ways, we're going to wipe you out? And yet look what happens. The people responded by believing God. See, only through God working through Jonah and Jonah's obedience could he pull this off. In verse 5, we see the Ninevites believe God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth everyone in the city turned back to God. It's amazing, even the king. Now, if I were the king and somebody came and said that, I'd probably have that guy executed. But not the king. He humbled himself and he said, I want all of you to follow my lead. And what happens when we do that? God showed mercy. What an amazing story. This rebellious Jonah was part of this plan that God had. And so what happens? Well, when God saw that they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented. He didn't bring on them the destruction he had threatened. God gave them his grace and his mercy after Jonah was willing to go and be the instrument for that. And the same holds true for each person in this room. Even if you've messed up in the past, even if you've been running from God, even if you've been ignoring what he's telling you to do, it's the same story for all of us. When we come back with humble repentance, follow his will, he gives us forgiveness. See, he gives us what we don't really deserve, and that's grace. He doesn't give us what we do deserve. What we do deserve, that's not so good. The wages of sin so the $24,000 question for us is, what is God's will for you? Well, let me first start out with the overarching will of God. The overarching will of God, well, it's that we love him and that we show that love through others. Luke 10, love the Lord your God. Now, some might say, love the Lord your God a little bit or when he feels good or when he's nice to you. But that's not what this verse says. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. That's his overarching will for you. And yet, there is an an individual will that he has for every person in this room. A specific plan, specific ministry that he wants you to do. And And he uses your spiritual gifts, your heart. He uses your abilities, your passions, your experiences, your situations to benefit other people. Now Jonah got a message to say go, and at first he said no thanks, but then he went. But how about you? Do you say no thanks, Lord? Do you kind of wait for him to maybe have to throw you overboard or maybe give you a time out in the belly of a big fish? I hope not. But what are the benefits that if we live in alignment with God's will? So what happens when God gives you a nudge and you say, okay, Lord, uh, not my will, your will be done. Whatever you say, I'll do. Well, there's a couple of benefits. I think the first one to think about is we benefit from God's grace. Jonah needed grace. Jonah sinned, didn't follow God's will, and he needed grace. So do we. We don't get the punishment we deserve, the separation we deserve, when we humbly turn back to him. Isaiah 43 said, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Isn't that awesome to know that? When we're in alignment with God's will, we benefit from his grace. Well, we also benefit from his provision. Now, don't miss this point. Because I, don't want to make sure you, I want to make sure you don't walk out of here thinking that if I do what God said, he's going to pat me on the back and he's going to say, great job, no more struggles in your life, life's going to be beautiful, give me a list of all the things you want so I can reward you. Not true, is it? But he promises that he will meet every one of your needs. Philippians 4, and my God will meet all of Your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And even a better part to that to me is He will always be there for you. This is a verse you should memorize. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for your for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. So when we're in alignment with God's word, we we get God's grace, we get his provision. And we find that others benefit from our obedience. Think about the story of Jonah. Jonah's obedience and a whole nation turned back to the Lord. The same is true for you. Your obedience can have a ripple effect as God works in and through you. Through your words, through your actions, through your attitude, through your behavior. The Spirit will work through you. So one of the favorite movies that I like to watch is an old movie called The Blues Brothers. And and you remember Jake and Elwood. They said they're on a... Oh, come on, you know this one, right? A little louder. What are they on? They're on a mission from God, right? What mission from God are you to be on? Or are you saying, I don't want to be on that mission? Are you trying to run away from God and hide from God? Well, Jonah found you can't run away and hide even in the depths of the ocean. But there's a kind of cool story about a little boy. He's riding his bicycle around the block, and there's a police officer. I'm not sure what he's doing, but he's in a cruiser, and he sees him go by and go by and go by. About the 10th time, the officer gets out and says, hey, little boy, uh, what you doing? He says, well, I'm running away from home. (laughs) An officer says, well, how are you running away from home if you're just going around the same block? He goes, oh, mommy won't let me cross the street it's a cute story but are you running in circles are you running away from god and his will in your life maybe you're doing it because you don't want to do what he's calling you to do or you might say well i don't know what he wants me to do i just don't know what his will is i don't know the Nineveh, so to speak that he wants me to go to so how can i continue to live in alignment with god's will Well first of all, let me tell you, that's the right question to be asking, right? That's what we should be asking in our lives. Let me give you three ways to help you to figure out his will. The first one is to make God a priority. Now I can almost see all you nodding your head going, yep, yep, do that. Do you really? Does God come first in everything you do? How about your schedule even? Does God come first? Because if it's not intentionally put in your schedule, it may not happen. So so how do we do that? What do we do with that priority? Well, number 1, you got to take time to be in God's word. This is the key to everything. In Psalm 1:2, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on the law day and night. See, God's word is the primary way that he is going to come and communicate with you. That he's going to guide you, that he's going to give you his grace. He's going to let you know what his will is for you. Now, the alternate way, well, maybe a lightning bolt to the head to get your attention or maybe three days in the belly of a big fish. And then the other thing to do is to make sure you take time to talk to God. Just, this verse just blows me away. It's all it says. Philippians 5, 1st I mean 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray continually. How's that right to the point right in your face, stay in contact all day long. I I love it if you're saying a prayer in the morning or at your meals or whatever, but how about a minute, every hour or so, just a minute. Thank you, Lord, help me, Lord, guide me, Lord. All day long, staying connected with him. Now, another way to be in alignment with the will of God is to worship with my church family. Now, the pandemic came, and we've got this most incredible tech team. It just blows me away that they were able to make sure we could have online worship. It's just, it's phenomenal the job we did in the middle of a pandemic to be able to do that. And it's so awesome to see all of you who are comfortable coming back. It just brings a giant smile to my face. And I know some of you are still uncomfortable, and and that's okay. But I challenge you to be careful that it doesn't become just a habit to stay home. We see in Hebrews 10.25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit, see that word habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, those that are at home, uh, you may have health reasons, I understand that, but I would challenge you to maybe just pick a date, wherever it is, pick it, circle it on your calendar, it'll make it happen better, hold you from the temptation to not, just kind of pick a date when you're going to come back and you say why should I do that well you know when we come together as a family a lot of things happen number one we grow together right we do life together we encourage one another we get encouragement when we need that encouragement and we meet as a family and we're able to know that there's others going through life in the same way where two or three are gathered in my name. I'm there in a very, very special way to revive you, to recharge you, to energize you. So I challenge all of us to make this a regular opportunity to come together. Now, don't hear me wrong, folks at home that are watching live stream. I am so glad that you're worshiping the Lord, and I'm glad that we're able to offer this for you as well. Pastor Zardy was telling a story the other day, and I thought it was kind of neat. You got a fire pit, we all like to do that, and one of those logs kind of rolls off off the pile to the side by itself. It won't be too long before it gets cold and dark. And, and yet when it's on the fire, when it's on the pile, they're working together, it glows and it's warm and it does what it was made to do in that fire pit. And It's the same with us as a congregation. When we come together, we burn brighter for the Lord. So in order to stay in alignment with God's will, we have to make God a priority Worship as a church family. And then thirdly, to challenge myself regularly. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at this verse in Philippians chapter 3. Brothers and sisters, that I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, it's easy to get into a spiritual rut. We do the same thing the same way over and over and over again, and that's nice, but you know, I was thinking about that red-letter challenge. There were 800 of us that were challenging ourselves to read what was written in the manual, to read God's Word, to join life groups. It was a challenge, and yet we grow that way. That's how we grow strengthens us as Paul said in that verse that we press on to the goal so God has a plan for each one of you in this room it may not involve you going to another country or maybe to Sri Lanka but it doesn't know where he's calling you but he is calling you and he wants you to follow his will because it'll benefit you but it will be used to enhance the kingdom and help others I don't know your individual plan, but God does. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Now, finally, I think sometimes we don't do God's will because we're not sure what it is, or sometimes we don't do God's word because we just don't like his will. But I think there's some people that would just say, I'm useless, I'm no good. God could never use a person like me. i got too many weaknesses. I don't have any strengths. And i got to tell you something. God knows your strengths, and he knows your weaknesses. Why, he handmade you, so of course he knows those things. And he's equipped you to accomplish anything that he would call you to do. But I want you to think for a minute. We all know Abraham, great guy, right? He was old, but God used him. And how about Elijah. Elijah was suicidal. God used him. Moses, he had a speech impediment, but God made him the spokesman. He used him. Gideon, Gideon was a scaredy cat, but God used him. Noah was a drunk. God used him. Peter denied knowing Jesus three times, but God used him. And yeah, as we've been looking, Jonah ran from God, but God used him. See, once we get in alignment with God's will, God will use you in a powerful way as well. So get into into God's word, pray, worship as a congregation, and be able to know God's will and then to trust him enough to accomplish it. Some action steps for us as we move out of here. Number one, are you ready to say personally, I'm going to make God a priority. I am going to connect with him throughout my day. I'm going to get into his word, I'm going to pray, I'm going to worship him. Number two, I'm going to connect with my church family. How do you fit in? Where do you fit in? How does that look? We want you to be part of what God has brought. The Holy Spirit calls you and then gathers us to be this family. And then i got to seek out what my Nineveh is. What is that place that maybe I don't want to go, but God does? He's got plans for you. Lord, please show us your will. Help us to be in alignment, to live within your will, to be a vessel for you to use. Bring blessings to us as well as others through us. Lord, help us to make you our number one priority with everything we do, every step of our day. Keep us in prayer. Keep us in your word. Unify us as a church. And then challenge us to step out of our comfort zone to your glory. We pray all this in your name, Lord. Amen.